You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, and I'm going to read the whole chapter just to kind of give us some, some context here, and then Pastor Bill is going to come and preach to us um, on the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues, and another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. One body with many members. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the one body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the one body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single, single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed it, has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. This is God's word. Thank you, Pastor. Is the microphone on? Okay. We're having some technical issues with the mic. It may come and go, so we'll try to monitor that as we go here today. I think we'll try this. We'll be all right here. And... If you're not hearing me, just motion, and I, I'll at least try to talk louder uh, with that, okay? Um, 
We've moved into a different uh, portion of this series on the Holy Spirit now starting today. And um, I want to give you a little bit of introduction today uh, to this particular portion. We're going to be talking about the various gifts of the Spirit now as we go forward in the remaining part of this series. And we're going to take certain gifts and kind of expound on them for you. Um, so I think this is a, a very good time for us. It'll, it'll be a, a very good experience for us to do this together, to search through the scriptures and look at these various spiritual gifts. Um, this is an area that for some people there's a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of angst about spiritual gifts and what that actually means and what it implies. Uh, and so some people kind of aren't so certain about this kind of uh, study. And so we're going to present it to you, and it's going to be really probably not what our normal style of presentation. We're probably going to be doing a little bit more of a teaching kind of piece here with you, uh, and some just some talk and some just some pastoral guidance here. So these won't be sermons like you normally would hear from Pastor Dave and I over the next few Sundays, okay? But this is an area where we want, we want to be uh, diligent, we want to be responsible, um, and uh, Paul, when he starts this passage off, when he's writing to the church at Corinth, and obviously there were issues in Corinth. These are God's people. They love God. They're, they're genuine. They're intent on fulfilling God's will and God's purpose. They're trying to do the work of the ministry among each other in the body. They're sincere, good people. But it appears from the book in, uh, to the Corinthians that there are some issues. There are some things that kind of sometimes get out of whack, and there's some motive issues, and so there's, a, there's some things that had to be addressed by the Apostle Paul, but he is in no way saying, stop using the gifts. Actually, he's saying the opposite, desire them, all right? In other words, long for them, uh, pray for them, seek for them, okay? And so we need to be the same way. We need to be people who, who are after the gifts. And he begins this passage that David read to you by saying, I do not want you to be uninformed. In other words, I want you to have knowledge. I want you to have understanding. And so that's what our attempt is going to be over the next uh, four to five Sundays leading up to Easter. Um, we would attempt to inform you. We would attempt to talk to you not only about the spiritual gifts and try to parse out some of these passages in the Bible, but also to talk to you about just the practical application of how we would respond to the gifts in Life Church, how the gifts might look and how they might function inside of Life Church, either on a Sunday morning or in other aspects of ministry or just as you relate to one another. What would it look like for us to be a church that embraces the spiritual gifts? Because we in Life Church believe that the spiritual gifts are for us today. We believe that the spiritual gifts are active in the church and should be utilized and should be sought after, should be desired, as Paul encourages us. So with that, we want to just kind of jump into this thing, and I want to give you a bit of an introduction this morning to spiritual gifts, okay? And so what I want to begin by doing is, is just making a flat statement to you, and that is this. God has given every believer a spiritual gift, and He, God, wants to use you for his glory. And he wants to do that through his gift. And for some of you, that may mean more than one gift. All right? But every person in the body of Christ has gifting, all right, 
and God wants to use you. And so that's the springboard that we want to start with, all right? Now, we, you and I, we may deny that we actually have a spiritual gift, um, but the reality is that we do have spiritual gifts, we don't often use them. All right. A lot of times we don't use the gifts that God has given to us, and there may be a lot of different reasons as to why we don't do that. Uh, oftentimes just fear and trepidation, not wanting to you know, misstep with God. We, we want to be very careful. We want to honor God, and we want God to be honored by our actions and our activities and our, our, our ministry and what we're doing. And so we get very careful, uh, but the reality is that, that as we walk in that carefulness, sometimes we're actually really walking in fear or in doubt, uh, even in the doubt that we are useful for glorifying God. And so uh, we don't want to bury our gifts. We don't want to put them away and not use them, all right? So we've got to, we must realize that, that God wants us to be involved with his work, okay? God wants you to, to come along beside him. He, he is so gracious that by the Holy Spirit, he is freely distributing his gifts to everyone who is saved. And, and he not only wants us to know our spiritual gifts, but honestly, folks, God expects us to grow into our spiritual gifts. All right? And it's not, it's not this thing where it's like, like a, 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 a boom or a, a, a zam or a hit or whatever. You know, it's not like... There you go, you got it now. You know, you transform into this super spiritual hero kind of person and you're just doing these great exploits for God. It doesn't work that way, all right? The way it works is that you begin to discover your gift, all right? Through stepping out and through being obedient and through just becoming very self-aware, you begin to discover that there are ways in which God will use you. And as he does, and as you start to identify that, then we hone those gifts, all right? So God wants you and I to develop the gifts that we have. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 says, Grace was given to each of us, each one of us, according to the measure of Christ's gift. All right? We have a grace from God. These gifts are packaged and delivered in the grace of God for us. All right? And so it's a wonderful place for us to land when we can open our, our hearts and our minds and our, and, and our desires to the gifts of God and say, okay, God, use me. Work in my life. Work through my life. All right? And so that's where we want to land as a church is that we are a people who understand, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 there, he says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good. Not so you get to be special. Not so that you get to feel special. All right? And, and this is one of the great traps. This is the, one of the great temptations. Uh, right where God is moving is right where the enemy is crouching. And oftentimes the enemy will crouch in pride and try to, to conquer us. All right? Um, so we need to be very careful and walk carefully through this process of, of um, discerning and knowing what the gifts are and what gifts we've been given and how we would go about using them. But they are for the common good. They're not just for you and I, and they're not just to build us up, but they are to work in the body and to build up the body, all right? Because as verse 11 says, uh, one and the same Spirit works in all things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. 
It's, it's, it's very clear there that we all have these gifts and God is distributing them to us in the body. And here's the thing. God is sovereign in this matter and so he can gift you and he can uh, uh, anoint you with a gift at any particular time or place that he should desire. And so you and I need to be living lives that are baptized in love so that we are constantly in the right motive and the right spirit to be utilized, but also we need to be living lives that are holy and pure before God to the best of our ability. You say, well, what, how far do I have to go to be holy enough to be used? Whatever God deems appropriate. And the starting place, the entry point, is to know Jesus. To, to, to say, I submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is the only criteria necessary for you to be used by God. You don't have to be extraordinarily special. You don't have to be extraordinarily good to be used by the Lord. You just have to know Him. And He knows you. And that's the beginning point. That's the entry point. And, and uh, Nathan, I think, uh, over a, a couple of different times of, of either Q&A or preaching or just sharing, uh, has said a, a couple of things that, that I think are very important for us, for us. And one of those was he referenced back the Pentecost and, and the, the outpouring of tongues. He referenced back to Joel. Do you remember that passage? And he talked about Joel, and Joel says that in that day, God will pour out his spirit on all people. And if you remember, Nathan said, hey, all you guys, it's, the spirit's been poured out upon you in the church. Also, all you ladies, the spirit's been poured out on you in the church. And all you children, the spirit has been poured out on you in the church. And so this is not, there, there are no issues here about who and when and how. The issue is settled on the cross. If you know Jesus, you are capable of being used by God at whatever age level you are in the natural sense or in the spiritual sense. Whatever level of maturity you're walking in, gender is not an issue with God here. Anyone can be used in the gifts, then they are for the common good of all of us. So this is, I think, very clear for us, and this is the platform that we want to want to come off of here in Life Church is that we're looking at everyone in the body of Christ here and saying we have expectation of one another that we're going to be used by God. That as God uses us, we're all going to benefit corporately from that use. Some of you may benefit from a particular person's giftings in a very personal way. But that is going to exhort you or encourage you or comfort you or bless you or challenge you or convict you in such a way that you're going to grow. And as you grow, that growth is going to have impact on the rest of the body, right? So as God moves, whether it's in a very intimate setting or in a, a, a larger corporate setting, as God moves in the gifts, and he uses the body of Christ, and we all are working for the common good of one another. God is going to be glorified. You and I are going to be uh, challenged to grow and to mature and to be more like Jesus. The church is going to be equipped. The gospel is going to go forth. Lost people are going to be redeemed. And that's what it's all about. 
And so it, it's a marvelous thing, and, and we need to be open to whatever the Spirit is doing in our hearts, and we need to be ready to be used by God, all right? So I'm going to ask you some questions, but I'm going to answer them for you uh, here today. But I, I think we all have questions, and I want to try to go through a few of those questions with you and, and kind of sort through this a little bit as, as we go. And probably the first question that we look at together uh, in this whole thing is this question of why do we have spiritual gifts at all? And I've kind of tried to answer that just a little bit quickly here, but I want, I want to go a little bit further here with this. Because I think this will help us to determine the importance of the gifts, all right? So to answer this, let me take you to, to a scripture, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, even to the, the remotest parts or the uttermost parts uh, of the earth. And here in this passage, he's sharing with us a primary purpose for the gifts of the Spirit, and that is to give the church power in order to preach Christ to the world. Paul says that, that uh, uh, actually he says that there's, there's a dual purpose here, and he says another purpose for the gifts is to equip the church to build up the body of Christ, Ephesians 4.12. It's important for us to be built up, but even that building up of us is for the purpose of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. So ultimately, everything God is doing, he is doing so in order for us to share and proclaim and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the earth. He also reminds us in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12, he says, you, all of you also, you are to be zealous for spiritual gifts, all right? You're to, to desire spiritual gifts, one translation says, all right? You're to desire them, be zealous for them, seek to abound in them for the edification of the church. So the goal of, of the gifts operative in the church is so that we are edified and built up and strengthened and encouraged so that we may do the work of the kingdom, which is proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, So I want you and I to start to, like, Look at our identity that we have. Have you seen yourself as a proclaimer of the gospel? Or have you seen yourself in some way less than a proclaimer of the gospel? Now, I'm not talking about someone who's going to take a sign and go stand on the street corner and hold up a sign and look weird and, and do crazy things, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about someone who's going to go cold calling door to door all dressed up uh, trying to, to share some, some message with people, all right? I'm not talking about those kinds of things. I'm talking about in your daily routine of life, you are looking for ways to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you actually even start to make a list of people that you come in contact with on a daily or weekly basis, whereby these are people that you might be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with, where you are actually taking the time in your week to pray for some of these names on this list that you are making, for God to give you an opportunity whereby you may pray for them. Some of you know what I'm talking about here. If you haven't gotten in a D group yet, you're going to probably 
find out once you get in a D group that that's one piece, one component of what a D group is all about, is about knowing that there is a group of people that you are praying for consistently. And the intent of those prayers and, and the focus of those prayers is how might I share my story with this person? How might I share Christ with this person? And so that is an important piece of what the, the gifts are, are capable of helping us to do, all right? And so why would we want gifts or why do we need gifts in the church? For the building up of the church, for the strengthening of the church so that we may be able to demonstrate the power of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ through them. And the church is strengthened and can, can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ going forward, all right? So... It's super, super important that you and I understand that we, you, all right, and, and please hear me, hear me pastorally in this statement, all right? I'm saying this out of great love for you and great desire for you. This is not, this is not meant to come off cheesy at all, okay? I, if you know me at all, you know I don't like cheesy stuff, especially, I don't listen to the radio very much, Okay? I, I don't like Christian radio. I'm going off on a tangent. I'm coming back. Sorry, 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 sorry. All right, back to this. You are so special to the Lord. So special. Please see that. Please, please let God envelop you with his love and his acceptance to the degree that you can, that all the little fragmented pieces can get sort of pulled together and in wholeness you can see yourself rightly before the Lord as he sees you and that is as the beloved, as his child, his son, his daughter. Because that, it, here's the thing, if you're not, if you are a Christian and you're not serving in some way, the whole church is suffering because of it. Not putting you on a guilt trip, but telling you, you're needed. You're valuable. You're important to God. And God wants to use you. It's like missing a part of your body, all right? And, and, and the passage that Dave read to you, that was the, the word picture, the analogy is, is that, that we are members of a body, and we are members of the body of Christ, but it's like a body, okay? And so, so if, if, if you're not serving, it's like you being able to live a fairly normal life because you have, you have nine out of ten fingers, but, but one finger is, is missing, and the truth is that, that, that one part of your body then is missing in action. And so when you function, you are aware that that part of your body is, is missing, all right? And, and the church is called the body of Christ for a reason, all right? We're connected by our faith in Jesus Christ, and we're sealed in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are members of the body. We need to be working together. And that's why he says in verse 12 that David read to you, just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. All right? We are specific to the body. It's a strange thing, and I cannot explain it all to you. I can't expound deeply on this to you, but I can tell you this. Every one of you, you are a part of the body. And what you need to understand is that we need you for this church to function healthy and whole and complete. 
And so we all need to be working together in the body. You can't just keep coming and sitting. you got to do something. Because, and not because I want you to do it. This is not about production, okay? This isn't about quantities. This isn't about those kinds of things, all right? This is about you fulfilling your destiny, you living out your purpose in God, all right? And, and so all of us need to be functioning that way. But here's the thing. If we are not healthy as a church, see, this church is a part of the body of Christ in Sioux Falls. So actually, as a whole, as a church, we function with other churches in the city. And we need to be working together with them for the purpose of sharing the gospel. And so it's absolutely essential that all of us are serving. We're all doing our part in the body, all right? So Paul goes on and he says, now you are Christ's body and individual members of it, all right? Even though we are one together as the body, we each have an individual piece to play. And this is where God begins to move in your life individually by giving you gifts that you can utilize as a part of the greater body, all right? So it gets very individual. It gets very personal with God. And this is why you need to have a relationship with Christ, whereby you are seeking and praying and asking for the gifts to be at work in your life. Because, folks, God wants you. God wants to use you, all right? He's chosen you for the purpose of doing great things for him, you and I both. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for, this is the purpose you were created for, good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, God already has plans for your life, all right? God intends to use you. He wants you to listen to his call, all right? He wants you to make yourself available to him, if you get busy in this life and you busy yourself up, you're not going to be available to God. And if you're not listening, if you're not developing a relationship with God through prayer where you are stopping to hear His voice as loud as He speaks to you and as often as He speaks to you, you will still miss it. But He will find a way to get to you. He will do that. Why am I saying all this to you? Because Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, Jesus tells us a parable. It is the parable of the talents. These talents spoken about in this parable are talents of money, all right? I'm going to give it a broader spread here and say that I want to talk to you about your talents in the sense of your natural abilities and giftings, okay? In Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, this parable is about stewardship. It's really about the stewardship of the grace that God has given to all of us as believers, all right? And in the story, a talent equaled about 75 pounds of coinage of some kind, all right? It would be the equivalent of about, for, for the people of the day, it would have been the equivalent of about 15 years of annual wage, all right? 
which is a lot. All right, a talent is, is, is a lot, all right? And, and, and so this is an enormous responsibility um, for each of these servants to bear, all right? Then the master's leaving on a journey, and so to one of his servants, he gives literally five of these talents, all right? To another, he gives two, to another, one. And he says that he gives it based on their ability. And what happens when the master comes back to settle his account is this. The first two servants have put the money um, back into to, to some form of use, if you will, all right? And they were able to, to double their um, amounts and present the master with not only his principal, but also profit as well. But the servant with the one talent hid the master's money here in the story, and he was afraid to use it. That's the only reason he hid it. He was just afraid to use it, all right? And his talent was actually taken from him, and it was given to the one who now had 10 talents, all right? This parable shows us that that Christ wants us to use the gifts that he has provided for us and not to bury them. There are some of you that are immensely talented in unique and wonderful ways, and I admire it so much. I feel sorry for Nathan and Charity because I sit right up here and sing out loud, you know? I don't know if you guys hear me or not, uh, but I'm sorry if you do, okay? You know, I was told as a young boy not to sing in church. <laughs> Literally, I was told by someone who loved me, okay? Not, a, not, a, not an enemy, not a bad person, not a mean person. Someone who actually loved me said, I mm, probably shouldn't sing too loud in church, especially close to other people. It might knock them off, you know? And I don't even get that, you know, but obviously if you don't sing well, you, it, it messes with other people, okay? I'm not a singer, but I am a worshiper. I am a worshiper. And I, I will worship. I will not bury my privilege and my gift to worship. All right? I will be honorable and I will follow protocol. And, and I'm never going to a workshop because I don't need to. Okay? It's, that's not where I need to be. All right? <laughs> there are some of you, you need to go to the workshop. All right? And you've just been sitting out here for decades. All right? You need to go to the workshop. Some of you, I'm going to be teaching on prayer in the next, well, in two to three weeks from now, we're going to start some training on prayer ministry. Some of you, you need to be praying for other people. I'm going to talk in just a minute here. I'm going to shift gears and talk about prophecy. But some of you need to be praying for people because you have, you have gifts like prophetic gifts and, and, and gifts of compassion and mercy. You have gifts of wisdom uh, and, and, and knowledge and understanding. You need to be praying for people and you're not. We need you. We need you in the body functioning in the places where you are gifted to function. And you say, well, I'm not sure about that, and I don't know what to do with all of that. I'm going to help you as we go along, all right? We're going to help each other as we go along. But we're going to be a body. We're going to be one body. We're going to be many members with unique individual gifts, functioning and working together to glorify God because we are his body, the body of Christ on the earth, manifesting in various ways through the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what God wants. Actually, I believe that if we really understand these scriptures and we understand Paul's heart, God is close to demanding this of us. You seek it. You desire it. You pursue it. 
All right? Those, those words in the original languages are words about chasing after it, running after it with the intent of catching it and grabbing hold of it and hanging on to it. All right? So that's what God is wanting for you and I, is that we go after it. Not that we sit back and, and, and politely and in false humility say, well, you know, if the Lord wants me to have that, he'll give it to me. Oh, please. Don't frustrate me or the Lord, all right? You can frustrate me all day, but please don't frustrate the Lord, all right? Live in your gifts. Live in these wonderful, valuable places that God has given to you, all right? Utilize these areas of ministry that God has bestowed on you. You say, well, okay, what do I do? First step, pray, all right? Pray for God's guidance. Ask Him to use you for His will. Ask Him to open your eyes and your ears because the body, the other members, needs you. See, you affect, I affect the rest of the body. The body, if one member suffers, we all suffer. If one member rejoices, we all rejoice. You and I have responsibility one to another to institute these gifts within the body, all right? Our spiritual gifts are developed as we mature. And that means that the entry point, as I said, was when you become a Christian and you receive the Spirit of Christ. Now you are privileged to enjoy and benefit from and to utilize the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as you mature, God will use you in greater ways. To, to that person who is faithful in the small thing, God will give greater things. So as you grow and as you mature, likely you will be utilized in more effective and greater ways in the gifts. And here's the beautiful thing. We are promised that that which the Lord begins in us, He is faithful to bring to completion. God is constantly working in you and I this maturity whereby we grow as the body of Christ. See, I don't have a, an expectation of any one of you that you will be perfect or that you will be fully actualized in this at this time. What I do have is I have an expectation that you're going to hear this sermon and you're going to say, yes, I need to seek the gifts of the Spirit, and you're going to do that. And we're going to see the fruit of that as you step out in whatever way God leads you and directs you. And we're here as your shepherds to guard you and to help you, all right? We're here to go get you, pick you up, clean you off, and bring you back to the body of Christ. That's when you wander away. That's part of our responsibility is to go after you. All right? But also a part of our responsibility is to help you to be appropriate inside of the body and to guide you where you need to go so that you are feeding in a healthy way and you are growing and maturing, that you're a good sheep in the kingdom of God. So we need you. Let me close this part out by saying this. And there's so much more that we could say. I'm, I'm really streamlining this, okay? But most of all, and, and David didn't read the, the last verse of that, that uh, chapter, but it says, above all, desire the, the higher gifts or, or the greater gifts. And we'll talk about that piece a little bit more down the road. That 
isn't totally for this, this message. But I believe that there is a greater gift to be desired above all spiritual gifts, and that is the gift of God's love. That is a, that is a gift to us. And, and, and we need to, to use our gifts in love for the glory of God and for the building up of his church. All right, 1 Corinthians talks about this. There's faith, there's hope, there's love. All of these abide, of course. There are the three, but the greatest of them is love. All right, and so we are going, we're going to, to rest in God's love. We're going to develop God's love. We're going to grow in God's love. And that is the, the, the driving force behind all of these giftings is, is that they are operated in love. Love for one another, love for God, but also love for the people that are lost in this earth and who need the Lord more than anything, all right? So what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit to a person. And I believe that they are given when that person is saved. There are natural talents and natural abilities that people have, but I believe that there are gifts that actually are given to a person when they are saved. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as, as we go along too, okay? Um, another question that we might have is, how many spiritual gifts are there? Um, well, I don't think there's any one complete list found in the Scriptures at all. And I would encourage you not to look at one list and pick one list over another list, all right? And say, well, this is the one I'm going to focus on, or this is the one that I believe is the best list. And some of the lists have uh, overlaps in, in them. Um, if you want to... Study that a little bit more. Uh, find you a good uh, systematic theology book. Uh, go in there and look at uh, a study on the, the spiritual gifts. Um, I like Wayne Grudem's list of spiritual gifts. Um, and uh, David and I, uh, we, we kind of hashed through that longer list of his uh, in his first chapter on the Holy Spirit and, and looked at those. Um, but I like his narrowed list that he has in his second chapter on the Holy Spirit, uh, which is a chapter I would recommend that, that if you, if you want to do further study, that you would read it. Um, and that's the list that we're going to use in terms of what we think are the best gifts for us to expound on here in the context of Life Church, all right? And, and, and what he's basically saying in, in his systematic theology is that, that there, there are a, a number of gifts and there are several lists that are there. But what he considers breaking out and talking the most about are some of those gifts that he focuses on that are not well understood um, and they maybe have aroused a little bit of controversy for the day in which we live, all right? And so those are the ones we're going to look at. We're going to look at those that are more controversial. I don't need to stand up here and expound to you for a length of time on the ministry of helps, all right? I think you all kind of get that, all right? If you don't, talk to me, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain it to you, okay? But there are other gifts that they have been sort of bedded in controversy from time to time, or they are not very well understood in churches, all right? Uh, or maybe you came from a church that was a cessationist, say it for me, one of those churches, okay? Um, and, and in coming from one of those churches, you're not even sure about the gifts, all right? Or maybe you come from a church where 
it just wasn't practiced and it was hushed up, and especially some of the more controversial gifts. Yep, we serve. Yep, we help. Yep, we have an administrator. Yep, we do all those kinds of things, but we stay away from tongues and we stay away from prophecy and we stay away from miracles and we stay away from healings and we stay away from this and that and the other. Okay, well, we're actually going to look at those, all right? Um, we're going to talk about them, and uh, we're going to evaluate Life Church, and we're going to look at ways that we can embrace these, um, and that, that we can go forward and utilize some of these unique gifts of the Holy Spirit inside of Life Church. So uh, get ready, because we're going to ask the hard questions, and we're going to look at them. And uh, Pastor Dave and I believe that that's an important thing too, is that we are, we have an openness to ask hard questions and, and to dialogue about these different passages. So let's go with that, all right? Let's just, let's just step into that, all right? Um, we are going to look at gifts that come from about three different passages, uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. You'll find the gifts that we're going to talk about uh, in those particular passages, all right? Now, I'm going to have to move really quickly here, and we'll answer more questions as we go along. We're going to have questions every time that we're going to pose, and, and we're going to an answer for you. Um, do you get all the gifts when you get saved? No, you do not. You get a gift or some gifts, all right? But no one gets all the gifts. No one ever has all the gifts operating in their life at the same time. And I'm going to be honest with you. I am not an advocate that people, even individuals, have five-fold gifts, by that, there are people who acknowledge and, and claim that they are gifted in what is called the five-fold ministry. And so they are prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists and, and, and so on. So on. Uh, I, I don't believe that God intends for us to be hot dogs in the kingdom, all right? We don't stand out to be superheroes, and I just, I just we need each other. And I believe that God gives these gifts out and distributes them as he wills them to be given. And so I think we need to be careful about uh, trying to go after more gifts or trying to get, this is not like, you know, in Sunday school, uh, when I was in Sunday school, if you went to Sunday school and you didn't miss a day for a quarter, you got a little badge or a little star, you know, and next quarter you got another little star. And so if you went all year, then you got like a bigger like, like pen, all right, and so there were some people that wore their pins every Sunday, you know, and so they would have a whole row of pins, and this is the only reason that they bought a sports coat, you know, and they would wear these pins on their sport coat, and they would have multiple pins from years of not missing Sunday school, and they would walk around like this. <laughs> you think I'm making fun. I am kind of a little bit, but not really. I'm telling you. They walked around with a strange shoulder. And not because it was heavy, because they wanted you to see that they had reached this place, this sort of mark or whatever. That is not the way the gifts work, and so we don't go after them, ticking them off of a list, all right? So not everyone gets all of them, but you maybe get a particular gift that God wants to use you in and you may have a natural talent as a, uh, that, that you already bring to the table, and God may just smack a gift on top of that natural ability and just move you, and you may function beautifully in some capacity. Praise the Lord. We want you to do that. All right, just a few minutes here. Let's talk about the first of these. Prophecy. Everybody go, ooh. No, don't do that. But that's, that's how a lot of people feel. Like, oh, my God, he's really going to talk about prophecy. Oh, yes, I am. Because I think... 
I think that this is an amazing gift. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, which is the verse of the day, okay? All right, get this one. He says, first of all, pursue love. Well, what did we just say? Do everything in love, all right? That's the greater gift, okay? Pursue love. Earnestly desire, you know, go after, covet the spiritual gifts, plural. But notice what he says next. Especially that you may prophesy. This might just be a gift that is for anybody to utilize. This gift of prophecy, folks, is a blessing to the church, and it should not be quenched, and it should not be despised. Those who have or use this gift of prophecy, I want you to understand that this differs from the Old Testament prophets who spoke the authoritative word of God. Please understand the gifts, they do not match the canon. They do not match Scripture that, that we hold dear and sacred and authoritative, all right? No, 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 they don't, all right? You can speak a word of the Lord, but it does not match Scripture. It does not in any way uh, equal Scripture, all right? So in Life Church, when you're talking and you, you want to talk prophetically, you feel like this gift is rising up in you and you want to speak a word to the body or you want to speak a word to an individual, don't walk up to that person and go, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> you need to not do that kind of stuff. That's not good. It's actually quite silly. You just need to say, sister, I think God wants to speak something to you and I I feel like I want to just say it. Are, are you open to receiving it? You know, let's just bring it down to where we can love each other and talk the Spirit of the Lord to one another and enjoy it and benefit from it. There isn't any one of us in this room who should presume that we have the whole word of the Lord, all right? But from time to time, you and I may have pieces and bits that is just what someone else needs to hear. I'm going to have to quit really quickly here, but, but I want you to understand that this, this that we are talking about, there were Old Testament prophets, yes, and they had the word of the Lord, and it has been written down, and we have the Bible, and we have Scripture, and that's important for us. And if you want to understand the history of all of that and how we got there, Boom, there's your man right there in the middle section, okay? His name is Dr. Nathan Hitchcock, all right? And he will, he will love expounding on all of this with you. This is his world, okay? And I love hearing him talk about it. It's good, good stuff, all right? And you need to understand some of that historical stuff, and, and you need to understand it well, okay? There are also prophets who live in our day, but they don't have that sovereign word of God. They may have a word from the Lord, and it may be for a, a, a group of people. It may be for a nation. It may be for a church. It, it may be for a ministry. And there are individuals today who speak, all right, and they maybe have elements of foretelling in what they speak, all right? They, they, they may be able to speak into future things, or maybe not, but they have a prophetic gift, and they are prophets of the day. They are few and far between. But I've, I've heard some of them, and I've, I, I've heard them speak things that have come to pass. 
And so they have a good track record and they're submitted to spiritual leaders over them who watch over them and, and who guard them and, and who examine the words that they speak based on Scripture and they record those words and hold them accountable as time goes by. But I believe there's a, a wonderful aspect of prophecy and that is you and I having the ability to proclaim all right, to declare, if you will, uh, the word of God. We're not talking about the office of a prophet. Having the gift of prophecy doesn't move you to an office, all right? But having the gift of prophecy allows you the privilege of functioning in the gift of the Spirit at work, which is to proclaim, all right, to declare, to prophesy out, to speak out the revelation or the word of the Lord. And we call this just simple prophecy. It's just simple prophecy. And you know what? It is subject to error because it is human voice, human mind, human heart being led by the Holy Spirit to speak forth something that is from the Lord. And so there's a lot of filters there that can mess with it a little bit. Does that mean we discount it? No. It just means we hold it against Scripture very, very closely. We scrutinize it. All right? We hold to it, and we wait on it sometimes. And sometimes we just give it out. And sometimes it may be something that's just happening in intimate prayer between two people or a small group of people. There are some times when you may hear the worship leaders, and as you hear them, they are singing a song like the beautiful songs we sang today, maybe a hymn from, from history or maybe a very contemporary chorus, but all of a sudden, they may start to sing something that isn't on the screen, and maybe God is giving them a new song, but in that song, they are declaring the revelation of Christ to us. They're declaring the truth of Scripture to us. They're, they're encouraging us, or they're, they're loving on us in some way. You say, well, wait a minute, what does that mean, loving on us? How can you be prophetic and love on us? You see, we think of a prophet as someone who jumps up, and they get on a high place, and they stand, and they look over everybody, and they say, you're wretched sinner, you, you need to repent. And we have this idea that the prophet is always sort of the bad guy spiritually, the mean person. Well, I've had people who've told me that they were a prophet, and they're really not. They were an angry person. <laughs> and they had something to say, and they needed a platform to say it on. But we're not talking about that kind of stuff. No. Let me, let me give you a scripture, and then we're going to have to close here because we're running out of time. This is what I believe is the most common type of prophecy. And, and for lack of better words, I call it simple prophecy because I've heard other people do that, and I think it's good. It's taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. It says, he, we'll just say they, they that prophesy speak edification, exhortation, comfort. Let me ask you a question. Are you capable of edifying someone else? Are you capable of exhorting someone else? Are you capable of bringing comfort to someone else as a Christian? Everybody, yes, you are. Folks, you can prophesy. You have 
the ability and the privilege and I believe the responsibility to prophesy to one another. Now, I'm not talking about all of us coming in here and going into a chaotic mess of just speaking things over each other. That is not what I'm talking about. But I believe that there are opportunities for every one of us in various forms and functions inside of the church to be able to prophesy to one another and to do this prophetic work of God, of the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, we will be edified, we will be exhorted, and we will be comforted by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that all of us need that. We need that. A while back, I was doing this, this series on prayer, and uh, we went to the table on a Wednesday night, and I had everybody pray. And uh, the last type of prayer that we uh, kind of worked with was prophetic prayer. And um, I realized that that was a little bit risky to do that without a whole lot of instruction. Um, but I kind of explained it a little bit, and, and we just did it. And so I had everyone in the room on the ta- at the table that Wednesday night going around to each other and praying for each other, all right? Um, this is my experience on that particular evening. There were two different individuals who came up and prayed for me uh, during that time. Both of those individuals prayed identically the same thing, almost verbatim. They used the same words and the same phrases in their prayer. And they prayed without knowing it something that was so deeply on my heart that particular week that I was finding it very hard to function. Every time I was thinking about things, it was entering my mind and I was having to battle and fight this particular thing. And both of these men brought me exhortation and encouragement and comfort in that night. And I walked away from there stronger than I walked in that night. I need you. Don't ever think that as your pastor, I have an edge on you. (laughs) Okay? Don't do that. David and I need you in our lives to help us pastor you (laughs) and shepherd you and correct you and encourage you and exhort you and comfort you. We need you to prophesy to us so that we can stand up here on Sunday morning and prophesy to you. We are the body. We are members. We work together as the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. Folks, desire spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy. All right, Allison, come and wrap us up here. So Pastor Bill started off this morning just with a statement uh, that God has given every believer a spiritual gift and he wants to use all of us for his glory. Uh, And this week we want to recognize that we have uh, a fellow member who has (laughs) very much exemplified this, um, who's passed away, who has died. Reverend Billy Graham uh, died this past week. But he is one who God has mightily used for his glory, by his spirit inside of him, to always make a point of speaking the good news, of speaking the gospel, which is what we 
gather right now to do. Um, we come to talk about our God who is the giver of gifts and who gave us the greatest gift, the first gift of Jesus, uh, his son who became man, who came and lived on earth and, and formed friendships and healed and walked and taught and then was betrayed and rejected and died on a cross. But that God three days later raised him from the dead by the power of his Holy Spirit. And that in that we are all invited into eternal life in Jesus. And that we, we are invited into this great gift of, of getting to see, yes, in Jesus, we, we are dead. We are dead without him. We are dead in our sin. But in Jesus, we are made alive when we say that this is our Lord this is the one who heals us. This is the one who is alive. And this is the one whose spirit lives inside all of us, lives inside our church, who's pressing us on to, to join in his ministry, join in his purpose, join in the will of the Lord that all should come to know and, and lift up his name and live for his glory. And that we do that by his spirit living inside of us. And so if this is, this is news for you today, we want you to come forward, uh, ask the prayer team to come up. They want to pray over you. They want to invite you into this. Uh, and here at Life Church, we want to walk with you in this because this is something we do live in as the body. We do live in as fellow believers who, who are united by one spirit, united in this, this hope for Jesus' big return of making all things new. And so we, we ask that you'd come forward, you'd, you'd talk to this prayer team, you'd, you'd let them pray for you and with you. Just anyone else here today who, who's, seeking, who's seeking that word, um, who's needing prayer, uh, needing fellow believers to rejoice with, to mourn with, come forward and, and receive that today. So we'll ask the prayer team to come up now, I'll pray, and then you can leave quietly or come up and receive prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise you for, for you are great and you are good. And you have, you have done the work. You have done the work to reconcile us. You have done the work to bring us into right relationship with you, God, to give us life, to give us purpose. Uh, and you've, you've given us more than we could ever ask for or imagine. So we ask that you would give us courage and hope this morning to walk in that, to come and know you more to come and recognize really what it means to, to be children of the living God. So we ask for you to be working on hearts this morning, hearts who have known you for years and years, and hearts who are just opening up, just learning that Jesus is Lord and that that is good for all. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. We pray that you would lead us to glorify you each and every day. Amen.